Hello everyone, welcome back to the third episode of Once Upon a Time series that we are doing in regard to the history of pharmacology in order to celebrate the International Podcast Day this year 2023 which will be falling on 30th of September 2023. So, what do you expect in today's episode? I'm sure it wanna be a very different thing from all your expectations. Today, I am actually covering some historical glimpses and aspects of two important compounds one gonna be the anti-muscarinic compound all about atropine so that will be revolving around the plant balladona and the second gonna be the historical aspect of the compound anti-cholinesterase inhibitors and also reactivators so i'm gonna cover the historical aspect of both the compounds there will be few scientists which are not very famous but yes you should know since we are talking about the history, we will get to know about many new and different people who are who were involved in the historical contributions for the development and the use of these compounds in today's date, right? So let's get started. Welcome all to this Pharmacology Difficult Podcast. I'm your host Dr. Radhika Vijay, MBBS MD Pharmacology and this is the audio hub to get the best simplified basic tips, strategies, methods and lots of ideas to learn better, understand better and make your concepts crystal clear. If you really find and if there's a question hovering in your mind, is pharmacology difficult? Lend me your ears for a while and let in the magic of knowledge. So first and foremost, let's talk about Balladona. Balladona is also called as the Solonaceae family plant. You know, there are many families in the botanical terms. We have plant families. So, one of the families is the Solonaceae family and Balladona belongs to that family. It has historical and traditional importance. The preparations curated out of Balladona, they were used in many Hindu homes, that is in India, and families also, and they were also prescribed by the physicians. For certain age-old ailments, which are not very specific. Now, there was a known shrub, the nightshade shrub. It was found in the Middle Ages during the Roman Empire. And this nightshade shrub, it was utilized in the preparation of a kind of a very long-acting toxic material. Yes, a poisonous compound. Due to this particular use of the Curation of the toxic compound, the scientist Linus, L-I-N-N-A-E-U-S, Linus, he named this nightshade shrub as Atropa Balladona. That's very weird, right? But the, there is a logic behind this nomenclature. Let's get to know about it. Atropa term, it was derived from the Atropos. A-T-R-O-P-O-S, Atropos, which was a mythical religious fate in that time, which was actually thought of abandoning life. And you know, the nature of this nightshade shrub compound was toxic and poisonous. It was very deadly. So it was totally connected to the Atropos, which was a religious fate which abandons life. So the connection curated the term atropa well that is very interesting so that is how the term atropa came into being 
And what about Balladona? Yes, why Balladona? Well, Italian women. They used a kind of preparation of this particular nightshade plant for the cosmetic reason. And the reason was to dilate their pupils. That was a kind of visual adornment and appeal. And that is why the term came into being as Bala Dona. Bala means beautiful. Dona, I think, something to be done with the eye. So when we combine Atropa with Bala Dona, the term and the plant name comes out to be Atropa Baladona. This is so interesting and wonderful age-old nomenclature of the plant Atropa Baladona. I'm sure you enjoyed this particular nomenclature. Let's get to know more about it. The alkaloids obtained from this plant, they are atropine and scopolamine. Chemically, what is atropine? Chemically, atropine is DL, that is dextro and levohyosiamine. Now, this chemical compound is in actually certain amounts also found in the Thura stramonium. The Thura stramonium is a plant that is found in India and its other name is Jimson Weed or Jamestown. We have lot many new terms today coming up. So, you can just take down your pen, pencil, notebook, diary, whatever you feel like and just keep on noting. So we had a lot of new terms. We have a lot of new scientist name. Let me just summarize. The first one was Balladona. The next term was Solanaceae family. Then we had Nightshade shrub. Then we have uh, Atropa and that was derived from Atropos which was a religious fate. Then Balladona was due to the use of the beautification of the eye. And then we have alkaloids, they were atropine and scopolamine. Chemical nature of atropine is dextrolevohyosiamine. And that is also found in Datura stramonium. The other term for Datura stramonium is Jimson Weed or Jamestown. Wow, I did it so quickly. That was a quick revision. Let's move further. The next alkaloid is scopolamine. It is chemically levohyoscine that is L-hyoscine and this is found in the plant Hyoscyamus niger the other name of the plant is henbane h-e-n-b-a-n-e henbane so we have two names for each of the plant and both the Thura and Hyoscyamus niger they are found in India that's a great discovery now the use of the Jimson weed it was for some other purpose too long time back and what was that use? That was a very interesting and ver variety kind of use, which actually you should know. The roots and the leaves of this Jimson weed. Jimson weed, you remember? The other name of Datura stramonium. So the roots and leaves of this Jimson weed, they were burned and the inhalation of the smoke produced. It was used as a relieving treatment therapy for the patients of asthma. So that was a totally different kind of use. From what we are actually studying this plants for but uh, since it was there it should be in our knowledge now what was that particular time when this use was done like burning of the leaves and smoking the inhalation for the treatment of asthma that was the time when the british rule was there in india and that was the time when britishers introduced jimson weed in the western medicine in around 1800s very interesting right 
Now, in the earlier 1800s, atropine was extracted in the purest form from the wheat. So that wraps up the whole historical aspect of atropine. I'm sure it was very novel and informative kind of historical aspect and very worthwhile to know because atropine is a very important anti-muscarinic drug. Now we'll have a glimpse and talk over the historical story and aspect of anti-cholinesterase inhibitors. You know, uh, I'm sure you know the names of the drugs, physostigmine, neostigmine, right? So let's talk first about physostigmine. Physostigma venenosum is a perennial plant which was found in the tropical West Africa. The story has begun, right? Do focus on the story. When it is told in a story format, it's easy to remember and it really creates a lot of curiosity and interest. So Physostigma venenosum was a perennial plant found in the tropical West Africa. Its ripe seed was dried and the seed was dried. It was known as Calabar or Ordeal Bean. I repeat Calabar, C-A-L-A-B-A-R, Calabar. And the second name of that dried seed of this plant was Ordeal Bean, O-R-D-E-A-L, Bean. Now, what was the use of this Calabar or Ordeal Bean? This was used as a toxin by the tribal people in some witchcraft activities. So, these are all age-old kind of things. You don't need to strain your brains on all these things. Let's move on the scientific part. Jobst and Hesse. J-O-B-S-T, Jobst and Hesse. These were the two scientists in the later 1800s. They isolated the purest form of alkaloid from this plant, which plant Physostigma venenosum. And because it was derived from Physostigma venenosum, the purest alkaloid form was termed as Physostigmine. And the other name was Eserine, E-S-E-R-I-N-E. These were the alkaloids obtained from the caribou or the ordeal bean. I am sure you are able to relate well to the historical aspect now. So that covers up one aspect of the story. Next, let's get to know more about it. The first therapeutic application of this drug was done in the glaucoma patients in the late 1800s. And that was done by the scientist Lacour. L-A-Q-U-E-U-R. So the historical account of the physostigmine, it was described by the scientists Karsman and Homestead. Uh, this description or the elaboration by Karsman and Homestead was done in the late 1900s and 2000s. Then after this elaboration, there was a further a great chain of experiments, research activities they were performed and many substituted aromatic esters of alkyl carbamates they were derived and synthetically produced. So a lot many experiments and researches were done. In the earlier 1900s, neostigmine was introduced. It had excitatory effect on the gut. And later, it was, it was propounded as a drug of choice for the treatment of myasthenia gravis that we all know. So, neostigmine was an important drug. Then thousands of compounds, they were made synthetically. It was found and discovered by the scientist Schrader. 
S C H R A D E R Schrader. Now Schrader propounded a special structural moiety to be present for the compound to possess insecticidal activity or insecticidal property. So that was the contribution of Schrader. He said that only if when a certain chemical moiety is present, then only the compound will behave as insecticidal. The most early compound in this insecticidal series was Parathion in this particular category. It was widely used as an in insecticide. And the next useful compound in this insecticide series was Melathion. I'm sure you are well versed with these names we have done already. So what was their importance? Second World War, chemical warfare agents, they were synthetically derived from Schrader's theory and concept and much more toxic compounds. Their name was Sarin, Suman and Tabun. I'm sure you're well versed with these names also. They come in the classification. So Sarin, Suman and Tabun, they are highly toxic agents. They were developed and they were secretly kept by the German government during the Second World War. That is all historical aspect. Now later what happened, British and American scientists, they widely studied the diisopropyl fluorophosphate which is famously abbreviated as capital DFP. This DFP, that is diisopropyl fluorophosphate, it was developed by Mac Comby and Saunders. They were again two scientists. We have a lot, many scientists today, you know, a big list of scientists. I'm sure you're noting down everything in your, your copy or diary or notebook, whatever it is. It's good to note down so that we can connect if we happen to create a timeline. That would be a great fun activity and I will definitely try to do that. And I would be presenting it this fun activity on the celebration of the International Podcast Day. Even if I'm not able to do fully, whatever I'm able to connect as far as the timeline is concerned in this neurohumoral transmission history, I will try to do that. Let's move on further. So this was all the historical aspect. Recently what had happened? The United States Fish and Wildlife Service, they have recognized the threats from Melathion for the in around 78 endangered plant and animal species. This is highly supervised and monitored by the Environmental Protection Agency 2021. This is a very recent thing. It's of great general knowledge. So that is, you can again note down. The Environmental Protection Agency in 2021, it found that Melathion was a great threat for about 78 endangered plant and animal species because it's a highly toxic compound right so that's all about the historical aspect of palladona from which we get atropine the present-day drug and physostigma venenosum from which was firstly derived physostigmine then synthetic compounds like neostigmine parathion melathion etc they were all developed I hope you like this historical aspect and there were a long list of scientists who were working together in different eras and times to actually support this whole historical movement. Well, what's next? Definitely, we I have one more interesting episode coming up in this neurohumoral transmission which would be of great importance. Yes, it's not a very long season. It's the season... Three would be finishing off 
before September 30th and September 30th would be a kind of a fun activity of timeline whatever I'm able to do so and wishing you all a very happy international podcast day for all the updates and latest episodes of my podcast please visit www.pharmacologydifficult.com where you can also sign up for a free monthly e-newsletter of mine it actually contains a lot of updates about medical sciences drug information updates and my podcast updates also you can follow me on different social media handles like Twitter, Insta, Facebook and LinkedIn. They all are with the same name as Pharmacology Difficult. If you are listening for the first time, do subscribe and follow whatever platform you are consuming this episode. Stay tuned. Do read and review on iTunes, Apple Podcast. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay enlightened. Thank you.